0: Welcome to a special episode of Talking Underwater, One Water, One Podcast. I'm Bob Crosson, Senior Managing Editor of Water and Waste Digest. And in this episode, we are continuing our series throughout the month of October on the value of water in conjunction with the Value of Water campaign, which is a U.S. Water Alliance campaign, as well as Imagine a Day Without Water, which is October 21st. This series focuses on sharing diverse voices and perspectives on solving water access, equity, and affordability issues, starting with the role of One Water last week with Radhika Fox, before digging into the utility perspective, which is today. Next, we will have a community group perspective next week, and the following week after that, we will have another perspective from the ground floor on water access. So today, I'm pleased to introduce to you O.J. McFoy. He is the general manager for the Buffalo Sewer Authority, and he's going to talk about the affordability programs that they have implemented in Buffalo, New York. So let's move to that interview now.
1: So, yeah, now I'm on the call with O.J. McFoy. He is general manager of the Buffalo Sewer Authority and chair of the Buffalo Water Board. Thank you so much, O.J., for being on the call with
2: us today. Bob, thank you very much for having me. Um, just yeah. love to be here with the Talking Underwater group here.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, we're very happy to have you here and to talk about uh, one of one of the important issues we're covering this month on affordability. Um, but first, I wanted to kind of get some background from you on Buffalo Sewer. Can you provide some some history of the of the uh, of the authority a little bit of information on kind of the size of the system its population and that kind of stuff too
2: yeah absolutely uh so buffalo sewer um of course we 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 oversee all things sewerage um in the city of buffalo um we also serve some of the surrounding suburbs um we have a, uh, a population that we serve in excess of half a million and we are the second largest treatment facility um, here in the state of New York at a wet um, weather capacity of five hundred and sixty three million gallons per day um we our system has over eight hundred and fifty miles of interceptors and pipes um, and we've been around since the uh, since the thirties. Um, so that's when we came into being as a, um, a a governmental entity. we are a public authority um charged with making sure that we um, make sure we're focused in on the public health of the people here in the city of Buffalo. Um, so we've, we've really been at this for, for a long time, but, uh, one of the big things that we've been seeing, at, you know, recently, um, our, our city, uh, the city of Buffalo, uh, has some of the highest uh, poverty rates in the nation. So we are in excess of 30% um, poverty. So one of the things that we've been looking at is how can we better serve, our customers and serve the city of Buffalo here, um, so that really got us into just you know taking a, a closer look at you know really all of the actions that we do from our 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 programs geared towards our customers to making sure that we're serving them properly.
1: Yeah, when did you guys first recognize that need? Uh, how was was that like a couple of years ago, ten years ago? Like, uh, when did you guys first start to recognize
2: this was something that was going to be a growing problem? Well, you know, really, uh, it, it's been a number of years for us, but just in earnest over the past three years. Um, we've been partnering with the U.S. Water Alliance um, and some of our community uh, frontline entities, um, and we've worked with our the Water Equity Task Force Group um, along with the U.S. Water Alliance, and we really honed in on what we're going to be doing here to kind of uh, combat that problem in the city of Buffalo. You know, we really looked at A number of things um, and we put out a a a document was called an equitable water future for buffalo um and we really you know took a look at everything from from workforce to green infrastructure uh to all the things that kind of go along with that um in that in that space and we really settled in on affordability because affordability for all of our our cultural organizations our partner organizations our frontline organizations that we were working with really it really hit all of them. Um, and so we focused in on that, the affordability of water. Um, you know, As you know, water is, is just pertinent and, and it just uh, it connects everything. So in the city of Buffalo, it connects everything the same. And we really focused in on that space. And that's when we really started digging down deep into what solutions are really um, going to be the most effective in our city.
1: Yeah. So why don't we dig a little bit into those solutions? What were some of the, the the things that you guys have done then? What's What are some elements of that plan that you're uh, willing to share that maybe some of our listeners might be able to bring to their utility?
2: Oh, absolutely, Bob. So some of the issues that, that we really got into um, was just a, simply a review of all our schedule of, of rates and fees. Um, When you talk affordability, you have to get back to all of your fees. You know, how many of those fees are, you know, are, are, are there just nominally or how many of them are being disproportionately levied on, on certain groups uh, in your, your customer base? So we had to go back to there and we started there and really looked at every single fee that we had. And then we turned and looked at our rate structure. Um, as as many utilities uh, you know across the United States have is we have a, uh, a declining um, rate structure, meaning the more water you use, it should cost you less to use per gallon, um, you know that of that water. So for us, we looked at that and said, you know what, that's not really the case, and and we really you know work with some national partners to say, hey, there's actually a business case to be made for we don't need those larger pumps unless we have to pump. For the larger industries and, and commercial customers that we have, so we actually flipped that around and we really we got rid of one of our, um, our rate structures. So we went from three structures down to two, and then we raised and increased that second one uh, to be more even uh, with our our traditional residential customers. So we we did those two things initially, and then we still looked at it and said, okay, now. In a city with with a poverty rate in excess of 30%, we have those who simply cannot afford to pay for their water. Water needs to be affordable for all of your customers. And we have those who can not afford it. And and simply they deserve affordable water. So we looked at that structure and said, okay, now what else can we do that specifically pertains to them? How can we ensure that they can afford the water? Um, Because here in Buffalo, it gets a little cold. So we have, you know, you're getting gas and electric bills in the winter wintertime um, that are you know, more than the, the income that you may be bringing into your household. So and then water comes on top of that. And it's like, you know, how are you uh, juggling to, to, to pay the bills to keep them on, to keep the lights on, to keep the heat on um, while you're still trying to feed your family? So we we looked at it and said, hey, we can also add on an affordable piece. So we can also add on a piece where we're looking at the rate structure and saying, hey, if you're low mod, if you're low to moderate income, we're reducing the amount of, of, um, of, of your bill by 20 to 60%. So that's the added piece that we, added, that we, we, we brought in, in in January of 2019. Um, but all of that really comes from the effort that we were able to do with our community partners and the U.S. Water Alliance are really taking a closer look at not only our rate structure, um, you know, our schedule of rates, but also looking at how we're affecting um, our most vulnerable customers.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting, too. So I'm curious how that then shakes down. I imagine that because you had people who couldn't afford it at all and weren't really paying bills, now they have something they can't afford and they do pay a bill that that does impact kind of like the bottom baseline, your floor of, of, of rates.
2: You know, it it really does, um, and that was something that you know you, we talked to our our, our financial people, and they're like, "What are you doing? How are we going to make that happen?" <laughs> uh, and 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 you said, "Um, you know, what? Listen, there is a business case to be made for the cyclical journey of disconnection, reconnection, disconnection, reconnection." You know, where you know there's a nominal fee in our schedule of rates of fifty dollars. Well, that's not the cost to send an entire crew truck and, and, and everything else out there to do a disconnection or a reconnect um that, that doesn't merely cover that so when you start looking at all of the pieces you start saying you know there's a business case to be made to make sure that we're keeping our, our our customers solvent and keeping them as our customers so that's where we've been going with this one so while we are closely watching our our uh, bottom line um the way we set these programs are up is to make sure that the bottom line is is is, is not affected, and in fact, it is actually buoyed um, by making sure that we're keeping them as customers. Now, with all that said, 2020 has been a tough year, um, you know, with these colliding pandemics, um, as you know, Bob, uh, with with you know the racial disparities uh, being highlighted, um, you know, COVID-19, and also now uh, you know it's the economic fallout um, that's been brought to us by, by COVID and, and those connected pieces, um, it, is, it is really having a, um, a, 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 an effect on, on, the, on that bottom line, right? It's really having an effect. But for us, we've now doubled down because there's no more important time to ensure that we're taking care of our most vulnerable than right now. Um, so, you know, in July 1st, we introduced our water amnesty program which basically provides a means for those customers who may have, you know, outstanding uh, charges, who may have, you know, interest penalties and, and you know, burst meter charges and, and things of that like, to come back to being current customers and we'll wait and, you know, forgive all of that, uh, those interest payments and, and penalties and all the rest of those things off so that we can make sure that we're keeping you as a customer because again there is nothing more important than water and everybody deserves affordable water yeah well like you said
1: especially now with coronavirus like how do you stem the tides of a pandemic without clean access to
2: water <laughs> so uh, right right exactly yeah. i mean it, it is it is necessary in fact you know th- that's that's one of the things that we wanted to make sure that you know we we made happen in March when a state of emergency was declared in our city, the first thing we did was, hey, listen, call us, you know, 847-1065, area code 716. You call us, we'll ensure that you get reconnected to our system because during COVID, the most important thing is clean hands. Um, You know, being able to make sure that, you know, you're safe and clean um, and your family is able to be safe and clean. So um, we were proactively uh, calling our residents, and and ensuring that they got their water turned back on um, during this time period and you know we ceased doing any kind of uh, disconnections during this time and now you know we have our water amnesty period as well so we want to encourage those folks to come back and make sure that you know they can get right with it with their bills because you know what What's happening is that you know the, the the water is still going through the meters, and those bills are still stacking up, so we don't want people at the end of this, whether it's one year two years you know two and a half years down the road um after the state of emergency is lifted, to be left with very large bills that they just simply can't afford to pay, so we're doing everything that we can now to ensure that people can pay their bills,
1: yeah, how has this impacted the utilities? Um, connection with those customers. I imagine on almost like it it feels so much more personal to say, hey, to talk to them in this way. How how is that impacting kind of your public outreach, your community engagement, um, education about water issues and stuff like that? How does this how do these programs kind of dovetail with those?
2: Uh, that's that's a, that's a great question um one of the things that we have rolled out this year is our let's get water wise program which is our city of buffalo water initiative where we are reaching out and engaging uh with those customers we worked with our community partners really to craft all of the language that went into our program um we're work, also working with a with an outreach specialist to make sure that we get that out so we have um a, a huge platform on on social media um, that, you know, the wheels are starting to turn and churn and, and it out. Um, and, and then we are moving into a more public um, outlook. And, you know, some of that stuff has, has, we've had to kind of, you know, change gears, um, switch lanes on because of COVID. Um, we were going to work with our uh, transportation uh, authority and kind of plaster, you know, the, the, the metro buses and, and some of the bus stations and do billboards. So we weren't able to do that just yet. So that stuff has kind of been put on pause, but we really have a concerted effort to get the word out at our, uh, you know, we, we have our website out there. It's getwaterwisebuffalo.org. Um, and, you know, we're using that along with our social media presence really to get the word out of all of the affordability programs that we, we offer, whether it's you're a senior, you need leak abatement, you know, you, you need a, a payment plan, you need our affordability program, um, we have all of these things to offer you know and it, and it 's hard we 're still trying to overcome you know the years of of, of mistrust um, you know some rightfully founded, but that we're we 're still trying to overcome that so it, it's it 's a tough tough sledding um but that all the things that we 're doing uh, and reaching out and working directly with frontline and community organizations and here in Buffalo, we have an extensive um, a network of block clubs we've been working with them just to get the word out to let people know that hey there's help for you here don't you know don't go don't not contact us don't go hide um we're here you know we're knocking we're working on um on door hangers as well to make sure that people know hey there's programs that are here that are available to you um and they're here for you
1: yeah and these these programs sound like really holistic too when when you Talking more process-oriented about these types of things, how, how did you get these programs to where they are? How, how long has this process been? Uh, like I said, it sounds like you've been very thorough with, like, engaging in as many ways as possible and trying to hit at the, the – basically finding everybody where they're at. Um, so wh- what was your process like in getting these programs up and running, and how have they evolved over time?
2: So um, really, we, we started again in earnest in, uh, in, in 18, on, uh, you know, working on these programs. Um, and, you know, so we, at some point in time, we were meeting, uh, you know, every other week on, on, the, on these programs, especially our affordability program, to make sure that we've covered everything. Um, you know, we've met with the different uh, community organizations throughout, throughout um, Buffalo. We've worked with the block clubs. You know, we wanted to make sure that this was going to be a program or, and, and a, a segment of programs. So we call it our pathways to affordable water that are going to really serve our customers. So we have, we've put a lot of work in, um, you know, it hasn't just been the utility. It hasn't just been water utility. Uh, you know, it, it, we work with the community foundation, you know, uh, so philanthropic organizations, we work with community organizations. Um, you know, again, National U.S. Water Alliance. So we've, we've also worked with our partners on in, in our equity task force. So, you know, the cities of Atlanta and Cleveland and Camden and Louisville and, and Milwaukee and Pittsburgh to kind of get their knowledge as well. So, you know, we're not the first ones to do this. So we want to learn from other cities. And we, we did a pretty good job of doing that. Um, and we wanted to make sure that all of that learning and all of those Uh, you know, stubbing of toes, we could avoid as much as we can. Um, But we have put a lot of effort into uh, running out our our programs and delivering them for the city of Buffalo.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned like the learning process there too, which I'm sure that a lot of people would ask you this same question. What are... The biggest growing pains that you had in getting these things off the ground. What were the lessons that you learned along the way that um, that you've been able to either a you learned it from uh, that that task that task force, or b you learned it firsthand and you share that with others when they're looking to do a program like this.
2: So the biggest lesson I think that we have learned uh, during this process is you really have to um, you have to shed your um you know i'm government and you have to get right out in front of of, of the people um whether that's you know now in our virtual sense you know if that's talking directly to block clubs that's what we've had to do if that's getting in front of our neighborhood housing services and the leadership there you know that's what we've had to do and if that's getting at you know at block club meetings you know that's what we we've, we've had to do and that's been a little bit more difficult with this virtual world but you know there is there's an inherent mistrust and so we we need like you know advocates to kind of bring us forward to say hey listen this is a good program this is a really good program he's going to tell you about it or she's going to tell you about it but you know i'm i'm vouching for them you guys need to all sign up so whether you you know you're talking to a senior center um like for us over here um or you or you're talking to the plot clubs or, or the things of that nature it's it's all about you know coming down from you know inside of our building at city hall or or at our uh, our our water treatment facility and, and coming into the communities where our folks live and ensuring that you are connecting with them you know that is the biggest thing that 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 many of of us have had to, had to learn during this journey
1: yeah that community partnership right like you need to The I remember, I think a a couple of years ago when I went to the U.S. Water Alliance One Water Summit, there were uh, several sessions that I sat in on where the same I kept hearing the same thing, which is these are difficult conversations, but you have to have them and you have to just do the work like it's not easy, but you have to do it. And it sounds sounds to me like you guys have put in a tremendous amount of work and it truly hasn't really been very easy. It's just that you put in the work and now it's paying dividends for you.
2: Right, we appreciate that. Uh, I mean, it, it, it isn't easy work. Um, you know, we 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 stay up. We've had arguments. I mean, you know, uh, it's like it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the the one water. Listen, we we were thrust together uh, as task force um, with the the other cities, and there were some tense moments in many of our uh, sessions where. You know, you have individuals from, uh, you know, frontline community organizations, philanthropic organizations, uh, u- utilities, um, where it's like, hey, you know, listen, I need you to hear me. And they're like, no, listen, I need you to hear me. And then we're able to come to a great place where, hey, I understand where you're coming from. So, you know, once once we can shed off all the rest of, you know, all the pretense and we can get down to difficult conversation and coming up with you know, real solutions, um, that is, that's the best place. That's the place I love to be in. That's the place I love to operate in. So we can really get to know each other and, and say, no, there's not another side of the table. We're all on the same side of the table and we're all here to serve, you know? So that's one of the things that we try and make sure we, we get across, you know, here, especially here in Buffalo, um, you know, very humble, humble city. But, you know, from from a, a utility seat in which I sit in, you know, I, I always come at it with, you know, look, we're here to serve. And, you know, just sometimes we have to remind each other, this is why we're here. We're here to serve. We are in the field of public health, you know, water. It's not more important, but we are here to serve. So we have to make sure that we're serving the communities that have placed us here to do this important work.
1: Yeah. Well that kind of brings me to one of the the last couple of questions here about kind of the importance of this work um why, i clearly you're very passionate about this subject um why why is this such important work to you what why do, why do you put so much of your time and your department's time into di- into like directly confronting
2: um this type of an issue you know, Bob, uh, I, I thank you for that, for, you know, highlighting my passion. You know, where my passion comes from, you know, th- this is this is my city. I'm you know, born and raised here in the city of Buffalo. I'm really passionate about the about city, really passionate about the people. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll point back and get a little selfish. And, and I always go back to this, and I, you know, I call them out. It's, it's, it's Nia, Sydney, and Zoe. So it's my three little girls. And I, I tell people, I say, listen, we're drinking that same water. It's my grandmother. You know, it's, it's my aunt my aunts, my uncle, like we're all drinking that same water. We want to make sure that that water is safe. We want to make sure that, you know, your grandmother, your auntie can afford that water. You know why? Because they look just like my auntie and my grandmother. Uh, they're the same type of people. And we're all, just, we're all just here being communal and trying to survive in the city of Buffalo. So that passion comes from, you know, trying to serve the folks that are in this city and do it the right way. You know, I, you know, our mayor often talks about making sure that we are getting in touch. We are providing hope to the people here. And we really kind of, we, we, we kind of uh, uh, feed off of that. Um, you know, we feed off Mayor Brown staying in that space when we talked about hope. So for us, we wanna make sure that all the work that we do as it involves water is providing that hope, is providing that, that, that safety net, is providing the public health that they deserve
1: in this city yeah also i i really do appreciate you taking the time with us today this has been an awesome conversation and i as always with anything that i talk about affordability access or any or even equity um at most people with the u.s water alliance i always leave those conversations with a lot of new knowledge and feeling a lot more inspired about the future of the industry
2: so i appreciate you being one of those voices for us today uh, hey, Bob, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it, you know, it has been a great uh, journey, uh, you know, and again, we're only part of the way there. We are not finished. Um, we still have a lot of work to do. You know, I, I bring this home. You know, I'm often talking about it. You know, I'm in the shower thinking about it. You know, we're, you know, sitting on the couch when when I'm I'm cheering on the Buffalo Bills and we're thinking about it then. Um, but, you know, it's something that you, you, you bring home and you're always thinking of, okay, what's next? Hey, you know what this these pandemics these cloudy pandemics they're going to wipe some people out and how are we here to, to provide that safety net how are we here to catch them especially in as it deals with water and doing our part to make sure that you know they can stay you know viable and they can feed they can feed their family and they can stay afloat so you know we we, we definitely appreciate uh the opportunity uh, that you provided uh for us to speak in this space um, so definitely want to thank uh, the Talking Underwater crew um, that that you have there. And definitely thank you, Bob, for the opportunity.
1: Yeah, not a problem at all. And we look forward to seeing what you guys have in store for the future, too. Hopefully we can revisit this conversation down the line.
2: Uh, we would love it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, OJ. All right, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you again, OJ, for taking the time to talk to us about the issue of affordability and how it's linked to so many aspects of utilities. I really left that conversation truly inspired by a lot of what you said and um, the passion that you have for your work truly shines through. And I hope that everyone else kind of recognized that as well and learned something and also enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. But I wanted to say as a reminder before I let you go today, this episode is only one part of a four-part series this month on the value of water. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to listen to last week's episode with U.S. Water Alliance CEO Radhika Fox. She talked about the concept of one water and set the stage for today's theme of affordability as well as the themes for the next two weeks on equity and access. So stay tuned to your podcatcher of choice next Friday for another episode in this series with the Milwaukee Water Commons. In that episode, Katie talked to them about water equity issues in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And of course, make sure to like, share, subscribe to Talking Underwater on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also get in touch with myself as well as the other Talking Underwater hosts, Lauren Delcello and Katie Johns, by emailing talkingunderwater at sgcmail.com. Or you can message us on Twitter. So make sure to give us a follow at TUW Podcast. Thank you for listening, everybody, and tune in next week for another episode in this special series.